This is I'm Not From Here with Josh on Sin Nation. Yes, it absolutely is. Hello and welcome to I'm Not From Here, here on Sin Nation. My name's Josh and I'm not from here. I'm about three months-ish into my move over to Melbourne from Western Australia and this show's all about my experiences checking out this cool city. Tonight will be a good one. You'll hear my adventure checking out the Royal Botanical Gardens. Scott and I will make a call on one of the biggest bones of contention between WA and Victoria. And speaking of Scott, I've got a pretty special piece for him from him to play for you as well. As well as that, there's going to be a heap of music, a lot of which has come from Sin's Sweet 16, 8 Aussie and 8 international tracks that we're digging here at the moment. The first of which is this one. It's been 16 long years. Some of our current Sinners weren't born when when their last music dropped, but they're back now. This is The Avalanches. It's called Frankie Sinatra. Bit of a language warning on this one. <laughs> You're on Sin Nation. Ah, Frankie Sinatra. Ah, Frank Sinatra. Two million copies or more. After years of teasing, that is real, brand new. The Avalanches teaming up with Danny Brown and MF Doom for Frankie Sinatra. There'd been solid rumours for weeks, a video trailer, a Frankie Sinatra track listed online under a different artist name, but it's finally really here. Was it worth the wait? Let me know. Facebook or Twitter.com slash I'm not from here FM. Let me know what you reckon. In the meantime, this is an artist who is really making some waves at the moment. It's Alex Leahy. This one's called Let's Go Out. Out of Melbourne, that's Alex Leahy with Let's Go Out. That's a bit of a taste of her debut EP, B-Grade University, which is coming out in August, so make sure you keep an eye out for that one. All right, every week, my WA correspondent slash the Luke to my layer, Scott Martin and I pick something to make WA and Victoria face off, and this week, the battleground is the weather. Who has the best weather, WA or Victoria? Here's Scott's take. So how about that weather, eh? I'm sitting smack bang in the middle of the courtyard at my university. I'm in Perth, as always, and it's currently just about to hit midday of the day that you're going to be hearing this, actually. I've recorded this quite late. I've been very busy. It's cloudy day today. According to the weather app on my phone, it's at about 12 degrees and it's going to be cloudy pretty much for the whole day. Uh, The highest temperature is going to hit at about 3 o'clock, which is going to be 17 degrees. So, it's winter now. We're still hitting 17 degrees. It's, It's, we're doing quite well. There are still birds singing. It's still light out. I don't think people are moody and sad about the weather at the moment. Everyone's just quite content. There was a little bit of drizzle this morning as I was walking to uni. Just a, just the tiniest bit. Not really enough to properly get you wet or anything like that. That being said though, the nights have been so cold. I've been needing to walk around uni quite late at night. Between 11pm to about 2am lately, walking to and from my house to the university and it's getting brutal. 
the other night I had to wear two jackets at once, and I'm not going to lie, for the last couple of nights I have been sleeping with my socks on. Very embarrassing to say that out loud. One of the things that I like about Perth weather is it's pretty it's pretty constant. What you're going to hear in the news forecast for the day or if you check the app on your phone or whatnot, it's most likely going to be correct and you're not going to get too much of a hormonal weather cycle. You're not going to go from extreme rains to beautiful sunny days within a couple of minutes like I've heard that it's like in Melbourne. That being said though, when it does get cold, it gets very cold and it stays cold like it is right now. You can probably tell by my voice, I am, I think I'm starting to get a little bit sick. And while that may be because of my university degree, um, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely because of those, those late, late nights walking to and from uni. Absolutely freezing my little fingers off. And I am talking a lot about how the weather today is quite good, sitting at 12, but that being said, I am rugged up, I am wearing a nice Kanye West jumper here, happy birthday Kanye, and I'm wearing some black jeans and I'm just quite snuggled up. I've got a coffee in my left hand, drinking that, and um, yeah. As you can hear, the birds behind me are singing. It's still a beautiful day here in Perth, despite it being winter and despite it being quite chilly. It's still a good enough day to go out into the world and not have the weather affect you too bad. That's our apparently deathly ill WA correspondent slash this saint to my north, Scott Martin there, telling us all about WA's weather. Coming up after this one, you'll hear my thoughts on Melbourne's weather. To take us there, though, this is new stuff from De La Soul, a real old school vibe on this one. Keep an ear out for a legendary rapper picking up about halfway through this one. It's called Pain. They've been making music since long before I was born and they're still at the very top of their game. That is Del La Soul with Pain. And of course you would have heard Snoop Dogg on that one as well. This is I'm Not From Here. We just heard from Scott his thoughts on WA's weather and how it compares to here. Now it's my turn to represent Melbourne. Here it is on Sin Nation. All right, it's about quarter past six on Wednesday, the 8th of June. I'm sitting in a park by myself. It's real dark. (laughs) I'll be honest. Uh, It's been a real big couple of weeks. Uh, I've just started working a new job. I've just started training for a new job. And the training's been nine to five. And so previously I had a fair bit of time to do this kind of thing for Sin and for the show. And I've really enjoyed it and it's been the best fun. But now I've got this other commitment and it's making things a little bit harder to get the time to sort of do this stuff. So, yeah, I just thought I'd be up front with that, just so you know. The job starts next week, and I'll be working late in the afternoon and the early evening, which is cool because then I can spend time during the day to do this kind of thing. 
but yeah, I just thought I'd be upfront with you for this week because <laughs> I haven't had a lot of time to do stuff. So this week, Scott and I are discussing the weather and who has the better weather. I know it's it's probably the biggest bone of contention between the east and west coast, I'd have to say. I know the other one that people say about Perth is that there's nothing to do there and there's not much on, and that's a, a fair assumption, but I think the biggest one is who has the better weather. Now, I know I haven't been here for a long time. I've only been here for about three months, but in that time, I've sort of, I think I've started to get the gist of the weather here in Melbourne. It's cold. It is cold. I don't think it's as cold as what I thought it would be. I was preparing myself for real super duper cold temperatures and I guess that may still happen in the coming months but at this stage it's been pretty nice. And I know it's probably not a fair assessment to judge Melbourne's weather at this stage because I only have been here for those three months. But like I said, I think I got the gist of it. So yeah, number one thing about Melbourne weather is it's cold, but it's not as cold as what you might think. It's not that bad. Although I I did have an experience the other day. Uh, I was wearing a t-shirt, uh, a sweater, and then a jacket over the top. And I sort of realised when I was doing that, that I'd never in my life worn three layers in Western Australia, I don't think. I've never needed to. The other thing about Melbourne is that it's real windy. I'm used to a bit of wind back home because where I'm from in Boston, it is right near the sea. So we get the sea breeze every day and yeah, we get some pretty full on storms at times. So yeah, the wind is something that I'm used to. So at this stage, I think everything's pretty much on par. We get... (laughs) Just don't talk about the wind. The wind is just picked up and it is... Yeah, it's getting pretty windy. And so at this stage, I think we're fairly similar. We get cold in WA as well, and we get windy in WA as well. I've never visited Melbourne in the summertime, but I'm fairly confident that it wouldn't get as hot here as it does back home. It is so dry back home. I think that's the main thing about it. It's such a dry heat. So yeah, that's pretty brutal in the summertime. And finally, I think something that sums up Melbourne weather is this morning I checked the weather on my phone to see what I should be wearing, what I needed to take to work, that kind of thing. And it said it was going to be raining this afternoon. So I thought, great, that's fine. I'll rug up and I'll bring an umbrella to work. I left work... I caught the tram, caught the train, and I'm sitting here in the wind, and it hasn't rained one drop on me. So I'm not sure if that's the fault of the weather information being wrong, or the fault of Melbourne's weather for not holding up its end of the deal. So, weather of Melbourne, if you could please just stick to what everyone expects you to do, that would be really good. I know that's the whole four seasons in one day thing, and that's fine, that's a nice little idiosyncrasy for yourself. But it would be very helpful if you could just stick with what people are expecting. So 
see conclusion. Melbourne is cold. Melbourne is windy. Melbourne is wet. Sometimes it might be wet when you don't think it's going to be wet. It might not be wet when you think it is going to be wet. So yeah, in conclusion, I'm sorry this one isn't <laughs> particularly exciting. I promise this segment will be back to its lofty heights very soon. But yeah, I just wanted to apologise for this one because it's been a real big week. So please cut me some slack. That's a very exasperated yours truly. And yeah, it's been pretty full on lately, but everything will be back to normal soon. I hope. But <laughs> we do need to decide a winner. And I know there's a lot of variables to this one. And I said that it's not that cold here, but it is pretty cold here and rainy. And it's just not this depressing at home. And our summers are just the best ever. I have to give it to my sunny WA this week. It's just way too good over there. Hey, after this, you'll hear my adventures through a very rainy Royal Botanical Gardens. But right now, this is another Sweet 16 track. It's new and weird from Beck. It's called Wow. That's some weird new stuff from Beck. It's called Wow. It's weird, but I'm definitely into it. This is I'm Not From Here, where I, a new Melbourne resident, goes out and tries everything that Melbourne has to offer. And this week, I spent a bit of time at the Royal Botanical Gardens in the city. Here's my take for I'm Not From Here. Alright, it is Sunday, the 5th of June. It's not raining... But it's not not raining. It's in that weird sort of thing where you're not really getting wet. It's like sort of walking on the outside of a sprinkler. We can feel the water, but I wouldn't call it rain. That's where we're at at the moment. It feels like that's what Melbourne just constantly is, to be honest. I'm heading to the Royal Botanical Gardens to check them out. And hopefully if the rain stays off, it should be a sweet day. Alright, I'm leaving Flinders Street Station now. There's a few Collingwood supporters around, which is not ideal, but hopefully the further I walk away from the station in the MCG area, the less concentrated there will be around me, (laughs) which I think is good for just my personal health and hygiene. I'm on my way to the Botanical Gardens now. I thought this whole bit opposite the NGV, this whole thing was the botanical gardens, but apparently not. I've learnt that already. I've come across this huge big clock though. I think they call it the floral clock. It's like a, a round circle of flowers and ground covers and that kind of thing. And in the middle, uh, it's a clock. And as far as I can tell, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, about 25 past 12, yeah. That's so cool and clever. There's a big statue of Edward VII behind. I don't know anything about Edward Seven. It's like, I really tell you anything about him, sorry. I'm sure I'm not telling anyone from Melbourne something they don't know, but there is a lot of cool stuff down St Kilda Road, and there's this enormous fountain. I'm not sure why, I'm not sure who it's for or anything like that, but it's so cool. It's enormous. It's spraying water. I'd say, like, 10 metres in the air. I'm loving it. If anyone is listening to this and who is also a time traveller, can you please come back to St Kilda Road 
on Sunday afternoon and tell me how to get to the botanical gardens because I'm a little bit lost. I'm walking down what I think is Anzac Avenue now. I'm looking down and I can see the War Memorial. I'm a long way back. I'm a few hundred meters back. But it is enormous. It's just so imposing. Even on a day that isn't significant like Anzac Day, it just looks so... Yeah, imposing I think is the best word for it. Alright, I've walked through some pretty squelchy mud. My umbrella's up now, it started to spit again. But I've made it here to the Botanic Gardens. Um, I'm not sure what the protocol is, like if I have to wait for a tour or something, or if I just go and scope it out. I reckon I'm just going to scope it out. I'm just sort of cruising through the gardens now, it's really nice. Um, I'm not a, a person who really gets into plants and stuff. I'm not sure what they're called, a botanist. I don't know. I'm not a huge... I'm not one of those. But this is really cool. Uh, I've picked an awful day for it. It is raining. Uh, I'm trying to hold an umbrella and my recorder and my mic. And it's a real juggle, but <laughs> but I'm still enjoying this. This is a really cool place. I think it would be nice in summer. I just found a plant which has the nickname Metallica, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't want this to come across as rude or disrespectful or anything like that, but I'm not quite sure what the point of the Botanic Gardens is. It's, I don't know, the way I'm looking at it, it's kind of like a zoo of plants. There's lots of weird plants I haven't seen before, which is really interesting and cool, but I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to get out of it. But that said, I'm definitely having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm sounding like a real jerk. I promise I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. Like, I, I, I get that this is cool and impressive. There's a lot of amazing plants here. But no, 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 maybe it's just not for me. But in saying that, it is cool and it's really pretty. You should come check it out. Oh man, I found something really cool now. It's the Fern Gully area. It's all these... Huge big ferns, tiny little ferns, and like a a wooden walk where you walk through and check them all out. There's a there's a stream thing running through the middle. It's really pretty. My mum would be going bananas over this place. She's a huge fan of her ferns and her running water and everything like that. There's a bridge in the middle and one of the ferns has grown through the bridge. I'll take a picture of it and put it up on the Sin website. It's like they've built this bridge and then had to cut a hole out and let the tree, the fern, go through it, which is really, <laughs> which is really quite cool, actually, and interesting. Man, this fern gully area is the best. There's a such a long stream through it. There's all these waterfalls and stuff. I'm one of those people who is into the sound of running water. Sounds so cool. All these ferns and greenery. This place has really started to grow on me. <laughs> that was a deliberate pun. 
So to answer my own probably really ignorant and offensive question before, like what's the point of the Royal Botanic Gardens, I guess? Something that, I don't know, something that's jumped out to me is that from something so big, like this is a huge, huge area of gardens, to find something small that, something that really piques your interest, something like for me, this Fern Gully area with its waterfalls and its weird fern tree growing through the side of the bridge. Yeah, I guess the point of it would be different to different people. Yeah, I guess that's something I'm going to take home with me, I think. Yeah, something so huge and big and grand on this kind of scale. And then, yeah, turning it around and finding something small and cool and interesting to you. I just nipped into the tea rooms here at the Royal Botanic Gardens and got myself a coffee. I got myself a mocha and um, in there, there was a group of maybe 10 or 15 kids, like six or seven year old kids having a birthday party in there, here at the Royal Botanic Garden Tea Rooms. They must be some future Geelong grammar students, hey? Does that make sense as a reference? I don't know. It'd be Scotch College if I was in Perth, I know that for sure. And also, listeners to last week's show will be happy to know that uh, when I went into the tea rooms, I had to leave my umbrella out the front, and I remembered to pick it back up again when I left, so I'm definitely improving as a functional adult human being. Alright, I'm in the kids' garden at the moment here at the Royal Botanic Gardens. And I'm loving it, which probably says a bit about the level of my uh, plant appreciation. Uh, but there's like a pond, kids can sit by and look at the tadpoles in. There's a cool hammock thing to check out. There's all these like really, really small little um, tracks I guess they can follow and check out things. It's, really <laughs> it's actually genuinely really cool. I'm ducking through all these different little tracks and trying to avoid the wet trees hitting me in the head. And <laughs> there's an elephant. I can see like a, a statue of an elephant here. Man, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I guess this kind of comes back to the fact on a smaller scale for kids, that they can have the same experience that the adults can here, which is finding something really cool and tiny in such a big a big awesome area. So yeah, it doesn't matter how big it is, you'll find something that'll interest you in there. I think that's awesome. Alright, I'm leaving the Royal Botanic Gardens now. This was actually more fun than what I thought it was going to be. I think I described it earlier as like a zoo for plants. I know that sounds a bit dumb, but it's like you're learning stuff while you're walking through. There's all these different signs and stuff that you can check out and see this plant means this and this is what it grows like and that kind of thing. So it was pretty interesting. Also, it was just generally really, really pretty. So yeah, not much more you can say for that, I guess. And I'm a little bit bummed out actually that I couldn't stay here for longer to check out a bit more of the Royal Botanic Gardens. 
Because I think the best thing about it is that you'll find different sort of areas that are interesting for you. So I would have liked to have hung around for a bit longer and seen some more stuff. But that might be something to do another day. I wasn't convinced at the start, but the Royal Botanic Gardens really won me over in the end. It was good fun, and I'd really like to get back there and check it out again, maybe when the weather's a little bit nicer. Hey, you're listening to I'm Not From Here. Right now, this is brand new Dinosaur Junior. It's called Tiny. New from Dinosaur Junior, that's taken from their forthcoming album, Give a Glimpse of What You're Not. It's called Tiny. You're on Sin Nation. This is I'm Not From Here. And now I've got something a little bit different. If you've listened to the show before, you'd know that I have a WA correspondent called Scott, and he's studying radio back in our state of WA. As a part of his course, he broadcasts live on Radio Fremantle and records packages to play on his show. One of these packages is this one. It's called Float and involves Scott doing a bit of gonzo journalism and a sensory deprivation tank. It's really interesting and I thought you might like to hear it. Here it is. Everyone gets stressed sometimes. Be it relationships, deadlines or exams, it's difficult to remain cool, calm and collected all the time. There are plenty of ways to combat stress and the best way varies from person to person. Uh, my own stress, I'd probably start, well, the most common way I'd dispute my stress would be to go to the beach. I walk along the beach most evenings and just let the waves crash and just listen to the sound of it. How do I defeat my stress? I like to have a good laugh. So, watching comedies or chilling out with mates, you know, good times. I ignore it until it goes away. <laughs> what nobody mentioned was a little technique called sensory deprivation. First you get completely naked, have a shower to remove oils off your body, then step inside an egg-shaped tank that contains a super-saturated Epson salt solution that's about 30 centimeters deep, meaning no matter your body shape or size, you will float. When you enclose yourself within the tank and float, it's as if your senses are completely deprived from you. You can't see, hear, smell, or taste anything. Also, you can't feel anything unless you accidentally touch the side of the tank mid-float, which did happen to me very often. This is my experience with sensory deprivation. Okay, I am officially inside of the pod room. The pod is a lot bigger than I was expecting, which I'm very happy with. And the shower is right in the corner of the room, so I don't mean to alarm you, but right now I'm a little bit naked. But hey... I gotta, I gotta do this to get some good radio content in for you, but I'm really excited to be here. I'm a little bit skeptical to see exactly what this is going to be like, but I really hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I'm going to have a shower and jump into the pod, and the next time you'll hear from me, I'll either be enlightened or disappointed. The first thing I noticed upon entering the tank was how perfect the temperature is, but what really freaked me out was how buoyant I was. I couldn't believe how weightless I felt. Have you ever seen that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa and Homer try floating? That was my first experience with floating. This is a sensory deprivation tank. It blocks out all the external distractions that bombard our souls. Can you pee in it? I'll take two hours. Me too. You're about to take a journey into the mind. You may see and experience things that are strange and frightening. But remember, they can't physically harm you, though they may destroy you mentally. How am I supposed to hallucinate with all these swirling colors distracting me? 
Oh, it's a ball of yarn. That's funny. I feel like batting it around. Wow, I have a ball. Wow, my mind just created that out of nothing. This tank is releasing the full potential of my brain. Oh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ding, ding, well, well, bing, bing. Oh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, well, bing, bing, ding, ding. So I went in with the mentality of either experiencing floating as a Lisa or a Homer. To maximize my chances of being a Lisa, I even practiced meditation for a couple of weeks to really teach myself how to tackle things with an open mind. And the tank really did a number on me. I was so calm and it felt like my stresses were literally leaving my body with every breath. It was incredible. Sometimes I would have to move my hands because I, I legitimately thought I was holding them up above my stomach. Now this was because my fingers were in the water, but the back of my hands were above it, but it just felt like I was touching nothing, and my body needed to react to that. The hour was gone so quickly, and when I got out, I felt so weird and happy and calm, and it was difficult to maintain a cohesive thought, which completely shows in this next audio clip of me getting straight out of the tank. Okay. Wow. At the end of the session... At the end of the session, somebody says, in the pod, which startled me quite a bit, saying, the session is complete, and um, then, the, then the pumps come on, and I don't, I don't know what to say right now. Um, I can't tell you my thoughts right now because I'm not exactly thinking straight. <laughs> After a moment to recollect myself, I spoke to the staff member who walked me through my flotation experience, Kate Butel. Personally, I've found that floating is really beneficial for relaxation, both mentally and physically, because you just get away from everything and all the distractions and that for an hour, and also the Epsom salts and magnesium, that's really good for your body, so all your muscles and joints really absorb that, and then you can really you have a very good sleep that night. <laughs> And yeah, it just helps. Has floating been a big thing in Perth for quite a while or is it quite a recent phenomenon? Pretty recent as far as I'm aware. I only discovered floating when I started working here. Um, prior to that, I hadn't really heard of it, but I know there has been a centre around for a few years in the city, but it's definitely getting a lot more popular recently. And I think there's about six or seven opening up now. And, and what's the typical response for someone before they go in compared to after they come out, is there a noticeable change in their body language as well as what they say to you? Yeah, there's a huge difference. A lot of people before they go in are really nervous and very sceptical about it all. They don't really know what to expect and that. And a majority of people come out feeling a lot better and you talk to them, they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. I can't get over that. So many people like have signed up for the memberships and that just because they do feel really good after coming out of it. A couple of days later, I caught up with Christina, a friend of mine who went with me to the flotation centre. I asked Christina what she thought of the experience overall. So initially when I got into the tank, I felt a bit weird. It was like a new experience for me. It took me a few minutes to actually relax and settle in. I was stressing about what I should be feeling within the tank because I've read a lot, a lot online. I started to stress out a bit because I wasn't really feeling anything and then I started to think about the people that I went with and I kind of just started to relax a little bit. So I laid down and all of a sudden I opened my eyes and I look up and there's a little man 
with an umbrella falling down in the rain. So that was like a visual hallucination I had. After I got out of the tank, the first thing that I did was say, wow. It took me a second to kind of bring myself back into reality. It's been a few days since we went to the tanks and I have noticed that my attitude is a lot more relaxed. Thought process has changed quite a bit. I used to rely on people to talk things out, but now I can sit there and think about it myself and come to conclusions a little bit easier. It's an experience that I would recommend everyone to try once and I will definitely be going back and hopefully trying longer sessions. Christina seemed like she experienced floating as a Lisa. While I didn't see any visions of harsh winds, I still loved every second of my experience. I may be a homer on float number one, but something tells me there's going to be a lot more floats in my future. That's our WA correspondent, Scott, bringing us something a bit different there. That was his experience with the sensory deprivation tank. You're listening to I'm Not From Here. My name's Josh, and this right now is new stuff from Tegan and Sarah. It's called U-Turn. You're on Sin Nation. What you Up the top, Tegan and Sarah brought you U-Turn and Just Then, Sunday Best from Washington. You're listening to I Am Not From Here, but not for long because we're done. It's been a good one this week. We learned that WA has better weather than Victoria. We heard me experience a very rainy Royal Botanical Gardens. And for something different, I played you Scott's piece on sensory deprivation tanks. Thanks so much for hanging out this week. I really appreciate it. Don't forget you can get in touch with us as well. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter and Instagram.com slash I'm not from here FM is where you can find me. I'm going to leave you tonight with a killer song from her debut. Sometimes I sit and think and sometimes I just sit. This is Courtney Barnett with Nobody Really Cares If You Don't Go to the Party. Have a wicked one and I'll catch you next week. Hey.